And now, for your feature presentation. One, or two, or three, or four, but five, or five. Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie or TV-themed five list, and then we talk about those picks on air. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today, my guest is professional wrestler Buff Bagwell. How's it going, Buff? What's going on? What's going on, man? Buff Bagwell, he's a five-time WCW Tag Team Champion, along with countless other titles over the course of what, 30 years now, right? 30 years. I, I think we're going, I hate to say it, but I think we're going on 31, bro. 31 <laughs> years. That's awesome. 31 That's years, awesome. bro. Including stints in like WWE and TNA. So like Buff, for those who aren't familiar with you, like kind of give us a, a rundown of who you are. Well, you know, I started, I started with, uh, I got a real lucky break. Um, I actually was, uh, believe it or not, I was a, massage therapist my my i grew up in a very rich family and we owned a lumber company and i was going to be of course working for the lumber company you know and uh, my, my other two brothers are older than me so they were going to be they were already working there so my senior year my father goes they go broke and he had enough cash to kind of get us all started in something so my middle brother, he picked drywall, a drywall company. My oldest brother got a gym. And when you're 18, what do you really want to do with your life? Sure. I mean, it's a pretty tough, pretty tough question at 18. But I came up with massage therapy thinking I could go to sports medicine and maybe become a trainer of some sort for some football or baseball team or something like that, you know? And, um, so I, I went to actually to massage, I went to massage therapy school, the Atlanta school of massage. And, um, I really had a great, great, you know, I, I graduated and taught my class and, um, and all that stuff. But at the same time, nobody seemed to tell me if you're a fairly pretty good looking guy or kind of cool it may go against you because <laughs> girls kind of are, you know, a little bit, you know, just not quite sure. They're a little more sensitive when there's a, I mean, I remember women would walk in and directly turn around and walk out. Oh, wow. And I was like, what's going on? You know, I mean, what's the problem? You know, girls would say, well, you know, well, I just have a, a much a good looking guy working at, you know, massaging on me, but, when it really comes down to it, and then walking in the room and all that, you know, no, it, it's harder for them, but they're very self-conscious. Anyway, long story short, the reason I told you that is because I really fought to make that work. $10,000, it, it was eight months of my time at 18 years old, which is a big deal. And I go to the pool one day, and I'm looking way across the pool, at my apartment complex, and there's this blonde, good-looking blonde, talking to one of the agents that worked there. And I didn't know who the good-looking blonde was, but it was Missy Hyatt. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so Missy Hyatt, and this is actually in her book. So when I come back from the, the pool, ironically, she's moving in directly across from where my apartment is. <laughs> so... I guess naive, stupid, or whatever. I didn't even think nothing about it at all. I was like, well, that's kind of ironic, you know? I mean, God, she has a room right across from me. Well, I was engaged to be married, and I think we already had a date set. But we're in our, we're in our room, in our apartment, me and my wife, or ex, or soon-to-be wife, and knocking, ringing, the doorbell rings, and we go to the door, and it's Missy Hyatt. Well, she walks in and how you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm a neighbor and da 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 da. And she goes, um, "Well, I'm Missy Hyatt." You know, and we were like, "Okay, who's that?" <laughs> and same thing I've heard ten thousand times. You know, she said, "Well, I'm, do you guys watch wrestling?" And I said, "Well, I did more when I was younger, but I haven't watched it in a while." And she was like, "Well, you should be a wrestler. I mean, you're good looking. You got a great body." It looks like you're athletic. 
I mean, are you? And I said, yeah, I am. But, but really, that don't really even. And when you're in pro wrestling, I've seen guys that wasn't athletes at all be great wrestlers. Sure. So it's, just, it's a different sport, man. It really is. It's a different. I'm not saying that because I'm in it, but it really is a very different business. It really is. It's you got to have a little bit of everything, and some people do, and some people don't. But anyway, so she tell, tells on herself and goes, I tell the girl that's moving me in, I go, move me wherever that guy lives. Not having <laughs> any idea that you, you were engaged or getting ready to get married. And, and so we just all have a big laugh about it. And, but she sticks with, you should be a wrestler. So she, I said, well, baby, I said, those guys don't make no money. And she goes, our lowest paid guy makes about a hundred grand a year. So then I went, well, wait a minute, let's talk a little more. <laughs> Here I am trying to make massage therapy work and it's not working. Let's talk. So she goes in and says, um, sends me down to actually in Griffin, Georgia, where the first kind of WCW school was, which we didn't even really have a school until much later on. But it was just a place where Buddy Lee Parker was and and um, uh, who's uh, Nick Patrick's father? Jody Hamilton. There you go. Very good. Jody Hamilton. And Jody, Jody was our go go position guy at center stage for 11 straight years. But I get down there and it's Buddy Lee Parker. And he goes, well, it's $3,000. And he goes, but he goes, but you're too small. And I was about 225 and in really good shape. <laughs> and I go, well, I saw Brian Pillman at the gym the other day. I said, and I'm just as big as him. He said, he can wrestle. And I said, how the hell you know I can't wrestle? So long story short, it got down, it got down to $3,000. And I was like, man, I came back home and I was like, I said, Missy, I ain't got three grand. You know, we're broke. We're trying just to survive here, you know? So she got, she got me another guy named Steve Lawler. And we started, we started the deal and uh, it was 1500 bucks. And I came up with the money somehow. And he trained me about, five training sessions and made me the world television champion. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'll be honest with you, when you learn in front of people, you learn really fast. Oh, yeah. Because when you look stupid and they laugh, you don't do it no more. Well, that <laughs> led to WCW picking me up. And well, I went to the handsome stranger first. And then after handsome stranger, WCW picked me up. And when they picked me up, I signed like a $500 deal just to go to school. And a week into that, Dusty Rhodes is one of his uh, main guys. And he blew out his knee. They said, hey, back where you're going on the road for, you know, for this, you know, this guy. And I right. said, fine. And I knew right there, this was my chance. So I did a real good job. And from that point, it was my first contract was 150 grand a year. So here I am at 19, making $150,000 a year, <laughs> you know, so that's how I got started. And it kind of just went from there, you know, and, uh, I, you know, just a, a great 11 years. There was only two guys that went the entire distance of WCW's career without going back and forth. And that yeah. was staying in myself. That was it. There was nobody else that did the full 11 years at WCW, except me and Sting. I did not realize that. Yeah, that's that's something not many people talk about. I don't hear much about it. There ain't no trophy for it or nothing like that. But it's pretty good history, you know, to know that. That's pretty cool to know that you're only one of two people that went the entire di I mean, I'd have guys come back that beat me before, and they get fired, go to WWF, <laughs> hired back and then beat me again. And I yeah. go to Dusty and go, Dusty, I mean, these, this guy's already beat me once. He's back and he's beating me again. I said, well, you know, but but they just constantly stuck with the, it ain't going to hurt, which is true. It ain't going to hurt you. The way you look and as young as you are, it's not going to phase you. And, and, and they were right. It didn't. And then I fell into that you know, get beat up, sting, come save me thing, which is really what started getting me over. Yeah. Um, and so every time sting had a big match, 
I got my brains beat out by the whoever it was, Vader or Rick Rude or whoever was going to be, you know, wrestling steam for the championship. I'd get beat up by them, and then they'd come out like. Remember that was when the the Dangerous Alliance, Bobby Eaton and Larry Zabisco and Steve Austin and Rick Rude, and it was just you know kind of like the NWO, but they were called the Dangerous Alliance and Arn Anderson too, and they would they beat me up every week. And keep in mind, as a rookie, I was able to hit Paul E with the phone. That was huge, you know. So, but then I got my brains beat out until Sting came and sa- saved me. And these guys are really, me being a rookie, they're really, you know, they're really laying it in, man. It's like an 80% shoot. Oh. oh, yeah. Trying to get you to pay your dues. Oh, yeah. And I did. And, but then again, I'm rubbing elbows with all these stars. So it really did help me get kind of, you know, popular and, and get going. And yet we know it's just it's just hard to become famous or cool as Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's my real name, it's just hard, you know. But I did, and it stuck. And from there, it was Two Cool Scorpio and Tag Team of the Year and Rookie of the Year, and off we went. And that's even pre-American uh, Males. Absolutely, way before I did Stars and Stripes. After that. And we had a tag team. We won tag team with the, we had tag team champions. And then, uh, and that's one thing that nobody ever gives me credit for, but it's huge to me. And it's actually six tag team championships with five different partners. And I don't know how I didn't get credit for the sixth one, but I just never did and never really corrected it because people never really give me credit for it anyway. But, it's really tough. In other words, how much does Lex Luger and Tuchel Scorpio wrestle alike? Yeah, they don't. Totally, totally different. Totally different. How much do Dale Wilkes and Scotty Riggs wrestle alike? Yeah. Totally different. So I had to adjust my wrestling to adjust to their to their style. And I'm not saying that to be dog them out it really helped me become a much better wrestler because i had to be a a just around them and i was you know all those guys are much bigger than me so i was always the guy that got the heat on me and i'd always get the big man the tag and all that so i but i still had to be the one to you know kind of make it work yeah and uh, because they had one style they were going their one way and I really didn't have a style yet. So I just kind of worked my way into their world and it worked. But I'm actually a six-time tag team champion with five different partners, which should get a lot of credit, but it gets none. I've never been, I don't have a trophy for it. I do not have a plaque for it. And I've never been even like congratulated for it. But it's it's a pretty big deal, I think. Well, let me be the first then. Congratulations on that, because I can't Thank think you. of another person that has done that. On every podcast I've ever done, I've said, there may be somebody out there. Please let me know if there is. But I really think I'm the only guy that's ever done that. But we had a lot of good times doing it, man. Me and Scorpio had great matches with Nasty Boys and Pretty Wonderful and... And we had great matches, man. And Dale, me and Starter Strides, Dale Wills, we had great matches too. And me and Riggs had great matches with Booker T and Stevie Ray's. To, remember the guys, Shanghai Pierce and. Oh, yeah, and, with Rick Rude. And- oh, gosh, and all that, man. So it was just, we had a lot of fun. And it was just, uh, it was just a great company to be in. We just really didn't hit the map until till the NWO thing happened. And then we just took it over, you know, an amazing 30 plus year career. And my five list tonight is going to be kind of a buff Bagwell wild card round. And all of my picks are based on your career. So we're going to get a little bit into those here in, uh, in just a minute. Cool. First, we want to talk about what we've been watching lately. So 
I have two things that I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about one real quick, and then I want to talk about another one because you are familiar with it. So first one I want to talk about is a newer movie called Fat Man. Have you heard of this one? No, I haven't. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've lost my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. All right, Fat Man is a Christmas movie, but it's not your typical Christmas movie. This one just came out, and it stars Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. Wow. (laughs) Which I never thought I would see, considering he directed The Passion of the Christ, but now he's playing Santa Claus. It's about this spoiled kid who, he's he's a real asshole. For Christmas, he gets coal in his stocking from Santa, and this little spoiled rich kid decides that he is going to hire a hitman to go kill Santa Claus. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is not your typical Christmas movie. It's rated R and it has very realistic blood, but it also has kind of a magical side to it. Right. If you're looking to get out of the normal like sugary Christmas movies and you want something that's rated R, this is kind of an interesting watch for a Christmas movie. It's totally different. That's for sure. Right. It stars uh, Walton Goggins as the hitman who is great in everything he's in. And uh, it was just it was it was kind of a fun time. It's more of like a dramatic dark comedy, I guess I would call it. Right. And Mel Gibson's good in everything he does. Oh, I'm a huge, huge, huge Mel Gibson fan, dude. Yeah. And and most people are. He he can act his ass off and he's no different in this one. This takes place in a world where. Santa is subsidized by the by the government and depending on how many gifts he gives out that's how he gets his paycheck but because kids are becoming worse and worse he's having to take steps to get paid as well so like oh, Santa, I love it I love it I love yeah, it Yeah Santa's hit tough times just like many of us have and uh Sure It's really it's really an interesting look it's called Fat Man it came out uh just a couple of weeks ago so if you're in the mood Oh dude like, I got to check that out yeah, check it out. Um, anything that you've been watching lately? I get caught in, you know, as I'm flipping around, I get caught in my old movies, and and I just kind of uh, seem to circle through those. And every once in a while, my, my dad or somebody will call up and say, hey, man, you know, check this you know, new movie out or something, and I will. But um, the last really good movie that I can think of that somebody said, Hey, check this out. Was, was that, was that, was that gone girl? Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. Just being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? All I'm trying to do is be nice to the people who are volunteering to help find Amy. I will practice believing my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. You ever seen that guy in the glasses before? Amy is the kind of girl who attracts admirers. Whoever took her is bound to bring her back. I'm hoping you can tell me what this means. You want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. I wanted to help. What'd she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared, but we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could 
disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath. Oh, man. That was one of those. We had no idea. and We checked it out, watched it, and was like blown away how great it was. And another one I watched the other day that's, that I've seen pieces of, but I thought was just fantastic, was this movie called Bounce. Buddy's a salesman with a great track record. They love us. <laughs> I got the side contract in front of me. I'm looking at it. And life couldn't be better. Never get to Dallas. Until one day, the unexpected happened. Hello, I'm Abby Janello. Buying Grove Realty. Buddy Emerald, I was just driving by. I saw your sign. He wants to give me some business. Yeah, I'll bet. Can I see you this weekend? No. Even when you go to a table and a guy does that like halfway thing, like he's gonna stand out. And just when things are looking their best, a terrible secret threatens to tear them apart. Oh, I, I have not seen Bounce. You need to see it, man. It's about Ben Affleck is just a real successful, you know, something to do with a big but a big time uh, company. And is at I can't remember what city he's in, but he's at a city and he and he parties and he's an alcoholic and he parties in this club at the hotel because there's layovers and stuff. And he uh, ends up giving his seat away, but he talks, he talked to a, to, to a guy that needed to get home and he talks the girl behind the computer which is Jennifer Grey, which is Baby and uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. And he talks her into changing it over for to get luggage and all that squared away. But he, he talks her into changing it over. He puts the guy on the plane, and I can't remember the guy's name, but it's the, it's the killer in Ghost. It's uh, Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, Tony Goldwyn. That's his name. He's the guy that takes the seat. The plane crashes and kills everybody on it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the guy in his seat dies. So he's intrigued with how his family is and how they're doing and stuff. So he dives in and trying to check it out and ends up him and the guy's wife end up falling in love. And so, but it's really, 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 really a great, great, great movie, dude. It's got a lot of, um, you know, a lot more to it than even I've said. And it just really is. It's a great, great. Gwyneth Paltrow is the wife that loses the husband and she's got two kids. So it's really, really good. If you get a chance to watch it, man, Balance is a great movie. I will check that out. Where did you find that? Was it on TV? Was it on Netflix? It was just on it was on H, just on HBO or Showtime or something. It was easy. It wasn't like Netflix and having to dig for it. It was easy to find and it's on pretty regular. So check it out, man. It's a good one. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. That's Bounce. I think that one came out in 2000 with Ben Affleck and uh, yeah. Outro. I got one more I want to talk about. I watched this movie and... After I watched this movie, that's when I called you to be on this show because I watched a movie called Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach. Andy Sedaris, master of babes, brawn, and bullets, takes you on an adventure you won't forget. Return to Savage Beach. This is a major bust for our lethal force agents. Ah! A billion dollars in gold and a million ways to die. Those agents will be in for a surprise once they find the island. Which ending does the story have? Right out! <laughs> From 1998. And I have this thing on. I'm, I'm working. I have this movie on in the background. And How did you have it? Or was it? Was it on Showtime? I was watching it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was watching on YouTube, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I hear Buff Bagwell in the background. I'm like, what the hell is this? You are in Lethal Lady's Return to Savage Beach. And believe it or not, that is the second movie that was connected to the first movie we did called Day of the Warrior. Yep, which I watched directly after this. I found a copy of that 
right after I watched <laughs> this one because I had to figure it out. They talked about you being arrested in the first one. So Right. So I was a bad guy in the first one. Yep. And they had me join the team in the second one. I had seen Andy Sidaris movies before, so I kind of knew what to expect, but I did sure. not expect sure. Buff Bagwell in there. So No. For those who haven't seen Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach, it's a very flimsy plot. It's like when you watch an Andy Sidaris film, you're not looking for plot as much as you are action and naked women. Yes. And this movie has a ton of both of those. Yes. It's about this team and they are called Lethal and it's all these just beautiful women and they try to keep the world safe. In this scenario, they need to find a disc that has basically has like coordinates to a treasure on this place called Savage Beach. So they team up with you, the warrior, and they go out to this Savage Beach place to try and both get the treasure and stop the villains. Right. So I wanted to kind of just pick your brain for a second. How was it working with Andy Sidaris? I mean, you did it twice, so it must have been pretty good. It was great. It was great. Um, and keep in mind, you know, you know, a a film, B film, C film. You don't care. You're, you're you having a chance to be on film. And they actually came to the company and said, "We want either Sting or Marcus Bagwell." So Sting said, "Man, I, I'm married and don't want to do it." And you know, there was you know sex scenes and stuff in there that I had to play and hurt the and the and the husband is sitting six feet away, you know? And, <laughs> I did not know that. Ju- Julie Strain, I've got a flesh-colored G-string on. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to get in the pool and 70-degree 70 70 degree temperature dive <laughs> in the pool naked. There's just no way. And every guy out there knows what I'm talking about. And, and um, there's no way I'm going to do that. So she didn't care. So she's butt naked straddling around me and her husband is just, you know, literally 10 feet away, but he's really cool. And we were friends and it's hard to knock me off my horse, no matter what, but still it was uh, a little weird at first, you know, with her husband right there. But like I said, I, you know, most of my stuff was like, I always do. It's one take and, you know, knock it out and do it right. And, I remember the first first scene I did in Day of the Warrior. You know, of course, it being a B film, they didn't expect me to show up with moccasins and a full <laughs> Indian headgear, and you know, I had the, the the real paint and all that. They didn't ask me to bring any of that, and I don't know even what they had planned for me to wear. So that was all yours. Yes. So of course you know, I'm going to come prepared, you know, so I come prepared. I knew all my lines and, and was just ready to go and, and just had all this cool Indian stuff, paint and the, the leather armbands, which is, which is why I came up with the tattoo. And, um, I had leather armbands around my arm that were braided and just, I just thought of everything just to be as cool as I could because whether it was his film or not, it's Buff Bagwell that's on television. Oh, yeah. Know? So I wanted to make sure I looked good, you know? So uh, the, I, I cut the first, before, the first day we're there, I cut the, I cut the, you know, the line. It's a, it's a pretty good, it's probably a, you know, three or four paragraph uh, scene. Yeah. And they go action and I, I cut it. And when it's over, he goes, okay, stop, 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 stop. He goes, play back, play back. So they played it back. I'm going, I nailed that. I thought, you know, what's going on? <laughs> they play it back. As soon as they play it back, everybody claps. And I go, what's the deal? They go, nobody ever remembers their lines. They come here. <laughs> so me knowing my lines makes everybody love me because that means we get off earlier. That means we're done earlier. That means it just makes everybody's job easier. Sure. If the star knows his lines. So I, of course, knew my lines and made it a lot easier for everybody. So I made friends with everybody. But, you know, Andy got, Andy's actually got 11 Emmys before he passed away. 
and but he got all of his Emmys in car racing, believe it or not. Yeah, his very first movie was a racing movie. Yeah, so he was real big into all you know car racing, and that's where he got a lot of his Emmys because he thought of a lot of cool stuff with the with the car racing, and uh, and did well with that. And then he started doing the B film stuff, and and you know there's there's some there's definitely some cheesy stuff. But there's also, I wasn't nowhere near like the word embarrassed to say I was in this movie. I was thrilled to be in it and, and glad to be in it and, and, and thought it was a, a great thing for my career. And, and, and they actually messed up on the second movie and ended up sending me the script before we talked about money. <laughs> And so I had a little bit of leverage and I said, uh, so Andy calls me up one day and actually his wife did. She, she called me up and, and she said, uh, Hey, Marcus, I said, Hey, sweetheart, how you doing? You know? And I know why she's calling. She goes, well, we just assumed you were going to, you know, do, do this film for us for the same price as, as last film. And I said, well, actually sweetheart, I said, uh, I feel like I did a great job for you guys. I said, I showed up with gear that you guys had no idea how to get or was going to get for me. I said, and y'all repeated it daily. How thankful y'all were on me showing up for stuff. And I knew my lines. I did my job well. And I said, so in that world, like WCW, you get a raise. Yeah. I said, so, you know, no, it's not going to be the same amount. And she goes, well, what, what, what do you want? And so I give her a, a figure and she said, well, that seems a little high. I said, well, sweetie, I'll be honest with you. I read the script and I'm in a, a lot of work. I got a lot of work ahead of me, a lot of lines. And I'm going to, I'm going to nail all those two. I said, and I just feel like that's what I'm worth and that's what this is worth, you know? So they ended up saying yes to it. But I, like I said, I had a little bit of help. I had a little bit of leverage with seeing the script before they asked me the, the money. But I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't rape them or ask for too much. It was to me, a logical, a logical raise. And they foresaw that it was a logical raise too. And, and that's what I got it for. So, but it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, Julie Strain was fantastic on both sides and having to show him wrestling stuff when I was a bad guy. And then, and then working with him was the same thing. Uh, she was, she was great and filthy rich. Her husband created and invented the Ninja Turtles, bro. Oh, I did not know she was married. To yes. Him. So he was worth like six hundred million dollars so he let her just do the b film stuff thinking she could make it one day but love her to death she wasn't exactly the you know the best actor in the world and no, she was high but still you know she was a little little rough around the yeah. edges and but her husband didn't care because he was in the movies some too i think in day of the warrior he was the he was the jewelry guy that oh. uh, we, I got my jewelry from and stuff, but but he was in little small parts here and there. But we had, we had so much fun doing those movies because everybody was so cool and nice, and so we had a lot of fun. Man. A lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, they uh, they definitely deliver exactly what they advertise on the uh, on the box cover. So if you're into movies that have action and beautiful women and beautiful men, that's a good series to to watch and. Lethal it ladies. is. It is. It really is. It's just. It's just enough to keep you hanging on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad that you were uh, open to discussing that with with me because I saw it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, I got to talk I about. I love it. it. I love it. I think it's great. All right. Cool. Well, should we get to the list? Yes. Let's do it. This one's a little bit different because Buff didn't come up with the list. I'm coming up with the list, and we're gonna kind of bounce back and forth and give our picks for some random categories that I selected based on Mr. Buff Bagwell. So let's get to our first one here. Buff Bagwell. Of course, you're a wrestler and tons of wrestlers have been in films just like you. 
What's your favorite movie with a wrestler in the film? Ooh, good one. Uh, and I got just like that. I came up with it and I love it. The one where Rowdy and the sun and the glasses. <laughs> they live. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth. Take a look. They are safe as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them. They're everywhere. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Oh, my God, without a doubt. Great movie, dude. Yep, that's actually mine as well. Roddy Piper oh. and They Live. They Live is off the chain, bro. Yes, great movie. And if you haven't seen They Live, they Live is from John Carpenter. It's Roddy Piper and Keith David. And it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure Roddy Piper's a construction worker. Keith David's yeah. kind of like his sidekick. And they find this pair of glasses that allows them to see the world for what it really is. And they see once they put on these glasses that the world's kind of run by aliens that are advertising for their own whims. And uh, yeah, you can only see them with these glasses. Yep, so Roddy Piper has th this knowledge, and he's just kind of, um, he's not the smartest cat, but he's the tough guy, and he decides, like, I'm going to take it to these aliens, and I'm going to kick some ass. Right. <laughs> it's such a great movie. Oh, dude, it's really, really, I mean, it's not, and like I said, there's not a whole lot, there's a lot of wrestlers that's been in movies, but there's not a whole lot of great movies that wrestlers have been in. Besides The Rock. I mean, The Rock is, let's face it, here's how I always describe The Rock. The Rock is a, is an actor that happened to be a wrestler. Oh, yeah. The rest of us were wrestlers that happened to be a, in a couple of movies. <laughs> yeah, The Rock is something else. The Rock is just such a great actor, and he's just he's just amazing. So he really is an actor that happened to be a wrestler. And the rest of us, from Hogan to Rowdy Down, it was, we were all wrestlers that that happened to get a couple of shots at a couple of movies. And, uh, but that, they live, if you haven't seen it, man, check it out. It's really a great, great, great movie. Yeah, very underseen, too, I think, by younger people. It so really is. Younger, yeah, you got to see They Live with Rowdy. Yeah, Piper. check it out. Well, cool. I'm glad we matched up on that. I guess yeah. we're moving to number two. So you were one of the biggest members in one of, well, I guess it's probably the biggest stable ever in wrestling history, the NWO. Without a doubt. So, of course, there was many different NWOs at one point, but you were in the original, which was black and white. Yes. So my next one is, give me your favorite black and white film. Oh my God. I mean, dude, I'd have to go like, I mean, because I'm so young, I had to go, and I say, I say young, I'm 50. It, it's a wonderful life. Oh, great pick. It's a wonderful life would be it. Yes, it's wonderful news. For when all these wonderful people get into the swim, it's a wonderful life. For never before has any film contained such a full measure of the joy of living, the drama of living. And above all, the glorious romance that makes this such a wonderful life. Don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing tonight? I don't want to get married to anybody, you understand? I want to do what I want to do. And, and you... Are you, uh, is that one of your Christmas traditions? Oh, absolutely. We, we watch it every year, and, uh, and it's... It's a Wonderful Life, dude, is just such a great movie. And, uh, I mean, if we if it went black and white series, it would be Andy Griffith. Oh, yeah, that's a good show, too. Oh, I love it, dude. I was growing up on that. I mean, well, I've been watching it all day. So, uh, but but uh, as far as movie goes, without a doubt, you know, um, It's a Wonderful Life is it's just, it's just great. So, for those who haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, it's from 1946. 
and it's uh, it's about an angel who's sent from heaven to help a, a frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Right. So your, yeah, your classic tale that has been retold a million times, but you got uh, Jimmy Stewart in there, who's amazing, yep. and Donna Reed, and uh, directed by Frank Capra, so it's in good hands. Yes, it's really, really, man. If you guys seen It's a Wonderful Life, I mean, just... I don't care what you're doing. Stop everything. Go get it, rent it, find it, and watch it. Because if you ain't done that, you just you just you just haven't lived. I mean, it's really that good of a movie. My black and white pick is a Hitchcock movie, so I don't know how how much. Oh, you're you gonna like go it. birds on me. I'm I'm actually gonna go with what my favorite Hitchcock movie is, and it's a little bit underrated, I think, in his filmography. It's from 1951. It's called Strangers on a Train. I beg your pardon. Aren't you Guy Haynes? My name is Bruno. Bruno Anthony. Want to hear one of my ideas for a perfect murder? Two fellows meet accidentally. No connection between them at all. Never saw each other before. Each one has somebody that he'd like to get rid of. So, they swap murders. Crisscross. I may be old-fashioned, but I thought murder was against the law. You think my theory's okay, Guy? You like it? Sure, sure. Now, everything didn't go smoothly. She doesn't want the divorce. But you sound so savage, Guy. Sure, I sound savage. I feel savage. I'd like to break a neck. Now, who did you say this is? Bruno, Guy. Bruno Anthony. Don't you remember? On the train. Whoa, I've never seen it. Oh, Strangers on a Train is great. And I'm just going to give away the the basic plot. So you have these two guys, one is a famous tennis player and the other, you don't really know what he is, but they meet on a train and on this train, they're having a conversation about their relationships and they both decide they want out of their relationships. And they make this pact that they're, they're going to kill each other's spouses so that nobody's a suspect. Oh my God. What a great storyline. Yeah. Now one of the guys, the, the guy that's not a tennis player is the psychopath. And so he goes and he kills the, the tennis player's wife. And then he decides that, you know, the tennis player wasn't serious. But now he comes after the tennis player to say, hey, now you have to kill my wife. Right. Like, what's up? I did my part. Right. Exactly. So it's it's a really well shot movie. It's Hitchcock. So, you know, the the story is amazing. It's got a lot of really cool, like light versus dark on screen. It's such a great underrated Hitchcock movie that I think more people should see. Oh, dude, that's when you said Hitchcock, I thought of a couple even, you know, he's, that's still the, you know, the E, 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 what was that one? <laughs> yep, I mean, Psycho. Uh, Psycho, and you got birds. I mean, it, it's, there's a, there's a lot of good ones. I just wasn't thinking, but gosh, man, so you said Hitchcock, I thought, oh my God. Yeah. God, there is more than I thought, but still, it's a wonderful life. Still, I stick with that one still, but but still, that's a, I'd love to. I'm going to see that movie. I'm going to watch it, so I'm going to find it. Yeah, check it out. Let me know what you thought of it. I will. All right, next one. Uh, we're going to go. You were, obviously, we just talked about it. You were in a spy movie. Well, a couple of spy movies, the Sidaris films. So I want to know what your favorite spy movie is. Oh, God, dude. There's no question about it. Are you ready? Hit me. Spy game. Position in jeopardy. Our position is compromised. I say again. Our position is compromised. Over. I can make it. Trust me. Where'd you learn to shoot? Boy Scout, sir. Are you kidding me? No, sir. train you as an agent central intelligence you'd be working for me mostly undercover undercover give me another guy in the bench loitering up to no good definite threat guy in the gray sweater gray sweater gray sweater gray sweater don't forget what's right in front of you Ugh. gray sweater low iq terrible hygiene lousy with the ladies definite threat you work for the cia what is your connection i have no connection i thought spies drank martinis scotch never less than 12 years old Oh, okay. Brad Pitt and uh, Dude, Robert Redford. Every time it's on, my girl goes, "Oh God, that's on!" A, <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to get watched. I mean, it just—I mean, it's really, really, really a great to me. 
It's a great, great, great movie. And it's not necessarily the best spy movie that I could think of, but I mean, overall, just the way it's filmed and and just the way it's, I don't know, just every, the way everybody acts and the storyline, everything. I think Spy Game is one of the best. It's just a really, really great, great swerve. Uh, a great movie to watch all the way to the, from beginning to end. So if you get a chance to watch Spy Game and have it, man, check it out. It's one that you really have to pay attention to as well. Oh, it's you do. Really you do. Yeah. Take a bathroom break. You need to pause it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, You're going to miss but, something. But it, but, it also, but it also, it ain't too hard to follow. It's, but if you miss a little bit, it, it may be. But just if it's, I don't like movies, it's hard to follow. So if I can follow it, anybody else can, I promise. That's a good pick. I haven't seen Spy Game in a long time, but this may uh Have you seen it, though? Watch it again. Yeah, I saw it when it was in theaters back in 2001. Right. What's yours? Well, mine is from just a couple of years ago. It's Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018. Go, 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 go! Which way, Benji? Okay, go straight. Straight, straight, straight. Now turn right. Now? Yes, go right. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Now it's left. Turn left. Sorry, I had the screen lock on. What are you waiting for? I'm jumping out a window! Oh, sorry. Good luck. There cannot be peace without first a great suffering. The greater the suffering, the greater the peace is coming. It's coming. And the blood will be on your hands. This is the CIA's mission. My man goes. Or no one goes. You use a scalpel. I prefer a hammer. You can't take the heat, don't light the fuse. I'm, you know what? I'm a, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan and all that. Always have been. But I never, ever, except there was one, one Mission Impossible that I got into and watched. But I never, for whatever reason, I never got into the Mission Impossible thing. And so I don't really have a lot of knowledge of those movies. And it felt like to me, it was going to be one of those things you had to watch the first one and the second, or you would be lost. So I just, I I didn't dive into that, but uh, I I hear nothing but great things about them. But what, which one was it? Well, this is the most recent one. It's, Actually, the sixth, there's six now, and this is the last one. Is this one, one where he's out. hanging outside the plane and all that? that? That was number five. Okay. But he does, you know, Tom Cruise is known for doing his own stunts, and he yes. does kind of one batshit crazy stunt per one of these. In right. this one, he did a low-altitude halo jump, and then he also learned how to fly a helicopter for the end scene. Wow. And that and flying a helicopter is supposedly really hard. The director of this movie, actually, during an interview, he was talking about Cruz flying the helicopter. And he comes, basically, Tom Cruise said, I want to fly this helicopter. So he goes to the helicopter, you know, wherever you go to train to be a helicopter. Right. They, they said, you're never going to be able to do it because it takes four months and that's eight hours a day. And right. Cruz said, well, there's 24 hours in a day. <laughs> he was not going to take no for an answer. And he, wow. Made it yeah. So much respect for that guy. Yes. You're into action movies. I know you're into action movies. Oh, you gotta yeah. Watch. You don't have to have seen the others to understand it. Although it good. will help if you've seen number three for this one. But, okay. And number three is good too. But this one here is just the action scenes are so great. And a huge reason is because Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts. There's no stuntman. You see him the whole time, which keeps you in the movie. I mean, right. it's great. Well, that kind of brings me to my number four. And okay. It's along the same lines. Now, in addition to WCW and WWE, you were also in TNA for a little while. Yes. Which stood for total nonstop action. So we're right. going to go with what's your favorite action scene of all time? Oh, God, my favorite action scene. Um, favorite action scene. It's close. It's a, it's a, it's a tie, but um, in Heat, there's a great scene where I'm, I'm a gun freak because I was raised with guns. My father was a 
we, we were really trained on how to use them. We had to go to, you know, hunter safety courses. And my father, if my father called us pointing a play gun at each <laughs> other, we got whipped. Yeah. So he was very safe about teaching us what he taught us about guns and how to be safe and all that. So I was around guns my whole life. And my, my, son, my dad's a huge deer hunter and huge NRA guy and all that stuff. So the scene in heat when De Niro and Val Kilmer and I can't remember. There's a couple other Tom guys. Tom Sizemore's in there. Tom Sizemore, which uh, Sizemore was, he was great. They come out and just, just the way people don't know, but the way they're holding their guns and the way that they're redoing their clips and the, the count of the, of the, of the, you know, the, the number of shots that are fired and is it believable enough was, was unbelievable. It was great. And Val Kimber's the way he held his gun and everything. It just was a great one. But the tie goes to the car chase with the Jamaicans and, and bad boys too. Bullets. No. Yeah, man. Yeah. Apologize. Apologize to that man. Apologize. Apologize. Hey, listen, I owe you. It's just that you know you you was disrespect. But that don't mean give me the right though. Don't. Excuse me. What's up? What's up? What's up? What the fuck on me? Interesting thing is, he's the one of us that's not pissed off. I don't know nothing. Well, I didn't I, ask you no question yet. I, I don't know nothing. You lying nothing, to man. me already? Get my mom, How man. did you know about me. the drop? I don't Stop know lying! Nothing. Stop lying! Do you know anything? I'm, I'm gonna be nice about it. Do you know anything? Now let's ask some other suspects. Hey, look, man. Huh? Now let's try this, okay? Let's talk to his homies. Hey, look here, man. Can you tell me who was uh driving the black suburban? Oh, he don't know nothing. His brains is under the end table. And the Jamaicans really made made for very good bad guys because they were Jamaicans. They talked a different talk. They walked a different walk. So, and they came with guns and loaded and bad and all that stuff. But still, the car chase is one of those unbelievable car chases that would be really hard to make believable, but it's believable. So mine goes to a tie to those two, but if I had to pick, I love the gun, you know, bank robbery and, and the movie Heat. It's just a great, a great scene, a great action scene. And there's, that's a really tough question because I'm sure when I hang up, I'm going to think of 50 <laughs> more. But today, even when we were talking, that, that, that really, you know, that bank robbery scene, it really is tough, but. If you ever get a chance to see Bad Boys 2 with the Jamaicans where they're cutting the cars off, it's it's just it's just really, really two good action movies. But uh, The Heat, I love it because there's guns involved a little bit more. When I want to show off my home theater, that's the, the scene that I show. Oh, absolutely. I used to watch, in my theater, I used to show the uh, the beginning of Top Gun. That, that, that would, just, just to see the, the flights and the da da my favorite action scene and this one was tough too just like you said there's so many there's so many good ones but i'm gonna go with another car chase this is from the fifth fast and furious movie fast five Uh, have you seen fast five before are you going to take it where the uh they're they're dragging the the bank you got behind them (laughs) yeah oh that's that's a great one too man We've got Brian and Dom in their respective cars, and they decide they're going to yank this giant safe. It's yeah. 100% unrealistic how it happens. But yeah, they, oh, 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 absolutely. They hit the, the engines, and they're dragging this safe behind them, and they have to keep a certain speed together because this safe will tear their cars in, in half. Sure, it's because it's so heavy. <laughs> And this thing is sliding, not only on the street, but it's rolling through uh, banks Building. and then they using it as a weapon, <laughs> like yeah. taking cars out with it. Oh, it's so awesome. 
this is the that is, that is a good one, dude. That, that's a really good one. Yeah, this is the movie where they went from kind of grounded characters to straight up superheroes, and I yes. love it. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and and that, and and you know, um, uh, our boy Rock was in it, and that was good too. Yep, yep. And he was uh, good. so you know, he got he, he really had a lot of good parts in those those that, that those several movies they did, but the safe thing was one of those again even with their remote control car and all that stuff, just the way they did it all and found it all and got the handprint and to open the safe. It was, it was just, it was just great. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. So many cars wrecked during that scene. Oh my God. It was a, it was a mess. Insane. All right. My last one here, you were in a tag team with Scott Norton as vicious and delicious. Yes. This is going to be, based on your half, which I'm assuming was delicious because we know Scott Norton was not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what is your favorite sexy scene on screen of all time? Like the scene that you think is the sexiest movie scene that you've ever witnessed. This is going to be another one that I think I'll think of 30 more tomorrow, I'm sure. But uh, (laughs) This one was tough um, for me too. Let's let you answer this one first and let me think for a minute. Uh, have you ever seen the film Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh my God! When she gets out of the pool and you Hi, got Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. Yep. So uh, we've got Brad Hamilton. I love it. Brad Hamilton. He's a high school senior and he's uh, in his bathroom at home. And his sister Stacy has her friend Linda over, played by Phoebe Cates. And Phoebe jumps in the pool. And this is when Brad starts having a fantasy about her. And. Phoebe Cates comes up out of the pool and she's talking directly to the camera as if she's talking to Brad. Yes. And uh, she undoes her top. I mean, I I probably saw this when I was like 12 or 13. I was way too young. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like uh, Caddyshack. You know, Caddyshack was a little bit way before we should have watched it, but we were also kind of allowed to watch it, but it was borderline rated R, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. This one was very rated R. Yeah, and uh, but we still was a little before our time of being able to watch it by our parents, you know. This is that movie when I saw it where it was every other movie was going to be ruined. Every every other sexy scene was going to be ruined because Phoebe Cates was just the queen right there. And it's always stuck that way for me. That's my my favorite sexy scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Linda Barrett getting out of the pool. Uh, I just I just realized what mine is. And believe it or not. I try to shake it out of my head thinking I could find another one or something, but really dude, I just, this one really is a great one. It's in the movie unfaithful when him and is it Glenn close? Is that her name? It's Diane Lane. No, 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 no. I'm going with the one that's, uh, what's another name of the movie that where Michael Douglas gets in trouble. And this is with the blonde hair. And it's Michael Douglas and the blonde hair girl. Let's see. Fatal Attraction? Fatal Attraction. Yes. A look that led to an evening. But you're attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. And where's your wife? If you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. 
Where's Ellen? She's gone. Okay, who's the blonde and, in that? And that is um, Glenn Close. I thought so. I thought so. Okay. Yep. Glenn Close, she's at her top sexiest she's ever looked in her life. And they're they're going at it for the very first time. And they're in the kitchen. And just the way she rips her panties off and and the way he's trying to get his clothes off. And she she's they're doing it on this kind of on the sink in the counter. Yep. And the water actually turns on and she grabs the water and she's rubbing it all over their face and they're kissing. And I mean, Fayla, it just, and it just, it just, it just was a very, very, very sexual scene, you know? Yeah. It's also a great movie. And one that if you're thinking about <laughs> cheating on your significant other, watch this and you won't. Do Let that. me just go ahead and confirm that it's, it's definitely calls one divorce and it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> My very first divorce, that movie came out. And brother, every time the commercial <laughs> came on, I had to hear about it. I actually told my wife I cheated on her, trying to be a good guy, trying to do it right. I was a pro wrestler, getting all this girls thrown at me, and I'm trying to be a good boy, but it's just, it's just, I'm too young and it's too much. But it happens. But I, but I tell the truth. <laughs> Last thing you should do. If everybody's listening, it don't work. Don't tell the truth ever. Stick to your lie because it don't work. Well, I tried it against everybody that told me not to do it. And it worked for a little while, but it just finally came down to it didn't work. And we're still friends to this day, but it just was one of those things. But Gosh, that movie had a big part to do with it. It was almost like it was meant for us to get divorced. I mean, it was like every time we turned the radio on, because it was keep mind it was like a number one movie in America. Oh yeah, it was so everywhere. It was everywhere. So every time we heard about it, I'd hear about something I did, you know, or so I was like, oh my God, was this thing ever gonna go away? And and it didn't. It just hung around because it was such a great movie. <laughs> but uh, that that is my that is my favorite sex scene for sure. Well, thanks for playing along. That was that was fun. We dude, never I love like it. A... I really enjoyed it. I love movies, period. And who don't? But I mean, I really, really love them. And the ones I do love, I get into, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. I knew that you were into movies because your finishing move was the blockbuster. <laughs> you know <laughs> this disco inferno thought of that oh yeah yep yeah i gotta give him credit for it he's the one that thought of it and they actually on the wwe they call it the blockbuster on that too a few oh, no seth kidding. rollins has done it a few times bobby rue has done it a few times and they call it that don't they ain't about to give it the buff blockbuster name but they do say the blockbuster and so that's kind of cool. And they use it for a high spot, you know, and it's, it's cool. Yeah. But it was a great move. But, but Seth did it several times. Still lives on today. It still lives on, baby. Why don't we roll out the red carpet for you, my friend? What do you have going on? Like, what should people see? What should people listen to? What should people check out of yours? I know you got a, a new company that you want to talk about. And it's called Buff Bagwell Motorsports. And uh, the website will be coming out probably in the next couple of weeks. We, we, I mean, we're literally just now getting, you know, licensed and everything, but it's, it's, uh, we're already, you know, we're already buying and selling cars but as far as getting it out there and me being, you know, on the website going, you know, Hey, you know, this is Buff Bag. We'll check out our, check out this, you know, 2013 we got going on, special we got going on. It's, and, and we picked it out before COVID, which is yeah. fantastic. Because wrestling, I've lost about sixty grand, and because it just went to I, it went to zero. And how I came up with that number was, I went out and looked at I got a calendar that I've kept up with since two thousand four, from every operation to two almost fatal car wrecks, two thousand twelve in this past year. I mean. Everything I've ever done, including going to jail for 30 days, 
it's on this calendar. I mean, it's I can I mean, even the guy that's writing my book right now, which is coming out in 2021, keep your eye out for my book. This is gonna be called Buff. It's my autobiography, and it's the same guy that wrote Nitro. His name's Guy Ritchie. Nice. So check check that out. That's really cool. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And and this guy came and moved in with me for about a week. And I just spilled my guts, man. I mean, with every single thing I had. And so he got, he just was just blown away and intrigued all at the same time. And and so we had a really good time and got to show him really, really, you know, he, like I said, he wrote a book called Nitro and there wasn't one wrestler in it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got, a, you know, a guy that was, you know, was there for the whole ride. Uh, the book's cool, and but the, the thing I'm most excited about is the Buff Bagwell Motorsports. So, you know, when it gets time, go to buffbagwellmotorsports.com, and that'll be, you know, um, my my the, the, the thing that we're doing with the whole selling cars. And that's what I'm most excited about right now. But personal is if you want to go and just find out everything about me and where to go with Instagram, Facebook, and all that is – MarcusBuffBagwell.com. On Facebook, it's just Marcus Buff Bagwell. Instagram is Marcus Buff Bagwell. And Twitter, because they don't allow so many letters, is Mark Buff Bagwell. And so just check it out. And but if you go to MarcusBuffBagwell.com, it'll guide you to everything we just talked about. A lot of stuff going on for you. That's awesome. Go check out Buff Bagwell Motorsports, head over to MarcusBuffBagwell.com and follow Buff on all of the social medias, and then look for Buff, the autobiography hitting stores this year. Listeners, there's also something you can do to help this show out. I don't have a Patreon and I don't take donations. All I ask is that you leave me a review on iTunes. That's the best thing you can do to ensure this show gets more visibility. If you want to be a guest on this show, the only requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. If you have a top five list that you want to tackle, email me at force5podcast at gmail.com or head to the website force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related stuff. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and go watch some movies.